Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Brian. I guess it's okay if I'm being recorded. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Thank you for uh, taking some time here to jump on the podcast tonight. Hey, you're absolutely welcome, Todd. My pleasure. So let's let's kind of go through the things that you're doing. Because, I mean, I thought that I was a busy guy, but you are just... I mean, it's insane. You're an instructor for the BCIT Radio Arts and Entertainment Program. That's, of course, we work side by side. Uh, you help out with the podcast, actually, some of the social media uh, marketing and stuff like that. Yeah, that's my fault. You're the uh, the GM of the, the Port Moody Panthers. You're yeah. the owner and editor of the BCHL Network. Media relations with the BC Super Week and the Audlin Brown Van Open. You contribute to the Elite Prospects. Where do you find the time? Um, well, because of the pandemic, uh, sadly, there was no Audlin Brown Van Open nor BC Super Week over the last two years. That's uh, been a while, hey? Yeah. In fact, if those two events return in 2022, uh, it'll be the first events of those that series in, in Super Week's case. And and for the Audlin Brown Van Open at uh, Hollyburn, like, it'll be the first one since 2019 as well. Like, it's crazy to think that it'll be three years between events um in, in the case like i mean that's even if we can do it safely in 2022 right but in terms of finding the time i mean you, you mentioned about me being an instructor at bcit and, and working alongside you in that uh regard that makes like the two events with super week and and the Alden brown event open those are in the summer so we get summers off as teachers do because there's no school um and so that affords me the time really with those events like they start to ramp up actually the timing is really kind of nice it ramps up in late may early june and then into july and august um which is exactly when things sort of quiet and quiet quietened down uh, at bcit for us uh because the students are obviously on their summer break as well so although my my day-to-day like full-time job is still bcit in that time Obviously, it's a little different without students around. It's more prep work and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, and and then in terms of finding time for the Panthers, like that's a Saturday night thing. It's only about five months of the year. Um, and then I bring my kids to the games as well, so they help out. They're on the payroll of the team. Uh, so it's <laughs> something awesome. where it's like a, it's a family affair in that regard. Yeah, and um, um, so knowing you, of course, working side by side with you every day. Uh, I know that you're as big of a sports guy as you are. You're just as big of a music guy. So if you had to pick music or sports, which gets the nod? Oh, uh, you know, if you asked me that question 20, 25 years ago, it would be music without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and then now it's probably sports. Um, and, and a big reason for that is, is just where my life is at. Um, I mean, 20, 25 years ago, I didn't have any kids. And so the idea of, you know, going to a show or blowing money on CDs or whatever the case was, um, it was a little easier to swallow. Um, but anything I do in sports right now is uh, relatively inexpensive. Uh, like if I'm just watching a Canucks game or watching a Lions game or whatever. Um, so that's uh, that, that I think might be a big difference between the two. Still love music. Like my, my, I use my Spotify a lot. I still listen to evolution. Like I love our station at BCIT. The music we play is killer. Um, and it helps me discover a lot of new artists, but I just don't, I, I just can't dedicate the time that I used to 
you know, in the late, in, in the early nineties through to the early two thousands that I used to. Right. And did you catch the game tonight? The, the Canucks and the Kraken? Did you uh, listen at <laughs> all? Watch it all? You know what? I, I, I tuned in a little bit on the radio and then I was trying to find a stream online um, because I saw Canucks Twitter was like on fire yeah. that there was no broadcast uh, on TV. That is. And uh, I did end up finding it out. I was actually watching a wrestling pay-per-view tonight, so I, I didn't get to see a lot of the Canucks game. Um, but I, I did have it on for a little bit. I had like the dual screen going on. Wrestling pay-per-view, Canucks game. <laughs> I love that you're just such a, still to this day, such a big wrestling fan. What, who's your favorite all time? Uh, oh, it's it's got to be Triple H. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, who, who goes by? I mean, his real name is Paul Levesque. Um, and what's funny though, is that he's not that much older than you and I. And so like in, in Hunter's case, like he was one of the like real kingpins of the attitude era, like with stone cold and the rock and, and undertaker and all those guys. Right. And I mean, I was watching them when that, when would that have been, that would have been in my mid to late twenties. So it's not the same guys and, and women that I watched when I was a kid. Yet my favorite wrestler comes from that time, not the when I was a kid time when I watched wrestling. Interesting. So what what is your first memory of watching WW? Was it WWF or E when you first started watching? Yeah, it would have been F at the time. Um, and that was before like there was a huge lawsuit with the World Wildlife Federation. That's right. which is hilarious because it's like, are you ever going to confuse the two? Yeah, well, you've seen you've seen the the picture of the pandas, one panda smashing the chair over the other panda's head, right? Yeah, exactly. Like no one's ever going to confuse, you know, people saving wildlife and preserving wildlife around the world with, you know, people in leotards beating each other up. Like that's just <laughs> right. no one's going to confuse that. But anyway, um, I think it worked out better for Vince McMahon anyway to become entertainment as opposed to federation in that case. But yeah. Um. So my my earliest memory. Uh, you know what? I was, I don't have a specific like event or something like that, but I want to say that I was like, I mean, I remember watching it when I was, uh, eight, nine years old. Like I remember heyday of Hulk Hogan. Like I, I remember when he beat iron Sheik for the, for the championship. I remember watching the camel clutch. What an awesome finishing move. Kicked out of the camel clutch. Like what the hell is that? And when you're, you're like, nobody gets out of the camel clutch. Like, you know, you, you can't do that to my hero. And so I remember watching that and, uh, I remember Saturday night's main event. Like, I don't know if you ever remember that, like Saturday night live would be like preempted and then like wrestling would come on at like 1130 at night. Um, and I mean, I never, it's so funny. You think back when you're a kid and you're like, what an idiot I was because like, I was like, how are they wrestling at like 1130 at night? Like that's ridiculous. Right. There's a, here's this huge like stadium full of people. And it's so late not thinking like, duh, it's pre-recorded, Right. Um, so I remember that. And then I, I have a really fond memory. Like WrestleMania three was on my 11th birthday. Oh, and no way. Yeah. Like the actual event was on my birthday. And that was like the big Hulk Hogan versus Andre, the giant, um, you know, like, and then they were billing it. Like Andre had never been defeated. He'd never been pinned. And then, you know, Hogan's the champ and has been for three years. And back then they didn't have, they had pay-per-view, but it was way more prevalent in the U S. And so in my case, like you had to go buy a ticket, like, whatever 15 bucks go down to like the pacific coliseum and they had like four screens set up on each side and you went there and you watched it on this giant screen with all these other wrestling fans oh and, crazy and I, and I went there with like i mean i went with my folks and 
uh, a few friends and my sister for from that was like what we did on my birthday. Like that was my birthday party was we watched WrestleMania three. What what's your favorite sport to play? Uh, I, I can't play anything. <laughs> <laughs> like um, like I really yeah like I mean I, I'm I'm cool with throwing a football around or throwing frisbee around or yeah. I, ping pong's okay I, I used to be halfway decent at pool because growing up we had a, a pool table in the basement um but really i'm not athletically client inclined at all yeah fair yeah um so so what's the what's the music in the weeb house like as a kid what are your parents playing uh oh well it's still i mean it's it's there's a reason why it's the music i like today so growing up uh we always had records on and we always had like we had an eight track in the car and so uh, some eight tracks that I remember specifically. And I mean, I think it was because of the time, like I wish I had some like cool, real rock, like eight tracks to tell you about, but I don't um, like the eight tracks was like ABBA, um, the Grease soundtrack, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like that was, that was the stuff I remember on the eight tracks, but in terms of LPs, like I remember the red and the blue Beatles albums, um, you know, like a double bill yep. full, like the whole record. I remember looking at those and, and I remember my parents playing them. My, my, my mom had a much better taste in music than my dad did. Um, at least growing up now, I'm like, yeah, the stuff he liked kind of sucked and the stuff she liked was kick-ass. Um, so lots of Beatles, lots of Doors, um, that kind of stuff. Stones, like I remember um, the Stones album covers always, as a kid, I was always like, this is crazy, like super psychedelic or like sticky fingers with like the the zipper like yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. like i was like that's really cool that anyone would even think to do that uh on an album cover and so that that's the kind of stuff that i remember like when i was especially when i was really little although it was well past that time right like they were playing that stuff in the early 80s um yet of course that like the beatles hadn't put out anything in 12 years right <laughs> so so my parents were still listening to that um but they also like they went they went in a strange direction because um, they would have stuff by like Manhattan Transfer. Okay. Like, I don't know if you I don't know yeah, who yeah. that is. I don't know if you know yeah. who that is, but like it's like a acapella, two guys, two girls, or something like that, um, and and stuff like that. So that was kind of weird, I thought. And then like I remember Zamfer Records. Like, do you remember the guy with like the oh the 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 pan flute? Thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so I remember seeing those records, and I was like, this is great. like, but like to this day, if you played Zamfer, I'd probably know a handful of songs. Wow. So music's always kind of just been part of your life absolutely yeah, yeah huge in fact manhattan transfer was the i want to say the first no it wasn't the first concert i went to second probably what was the first jackson five victory tour man no did you seriously yeah wow yeah where was that? that that was it was unreal uh that was a bc place in 84 um and i remember my um my second cousin his name is mark he used to always have like, I don't know how he had some like concert ticket hookup, but he did. He'd get tickets for my aunt and uncle all the time and whatever. So he got us these tickets for the Jackson five victory tour. Cause we were like sold out in like five seconds mm-hmm. um, because they were reuniting and Michael was Michael at that point. Right. 84, right. It's two years after thriller. Um, so like he was just like the biggest star in the world at the time. And our seats were horrible. Like just absolutely like think it's like, you know, second to last back row at BC place. Right. Comes um, with the Kleenex. Like, yeah, totally. Right. And uh, it's like, make sure y- y- you have like everything that you need to make sure you're not going back down because you're two miles from the floor of the stadium. So anyway, yeah, yeah. 
but what what was really funny about that and so they had the big screens up at bc place which if you if you remember the old bc place there were no screens in the middle it right. was at both ends right and so when when they came out on stage of course i had binoculars and when they came out on stage the only way we could tell which one was michael was the sequin glove like he we could see the glove wow um, and so that was the only way we could differentiate Michael from Tito or Jermaine or whoever. And, and so, but it was unreal because he would like, his brothers were so gracious. And again, I don't remember this at the time, but I remember the songs. And so he, like, he still played Billie Jean and he still played like oh. beat it and like all the massive hits that weren't his brother's songs at all. Right. But uh, no, that was the first show I ever went to. And I, I remember the souvenir I bought about a, a, a head a bandana like not even like the triangle like or diamond bandana like a headband yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like an elastic headband it was like a scarf ish material like a silk that you would tie in like karate kid style yeah yeah and and it's dead jackson five victory tour on it and of course back in the day if you didn't have that friend that you guys had i mean you literally there were times where you would be camping overnight to see a really oh, yeah. good show like that was just oh, yeah. that's what you did I did that too. I mean, even into the early nineties, like I would, I would go. Um, and the funniest thing, I can't remember what show it was, but I remember camping out and there was like nobody else there. Like we didn't need to camp out at all. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, we don't need to camp out, but we did. What, what has, what, what's been your favorite concert? Can you nail it down or too, too oh, hard? Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's probably too hard. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Nirvana was awesome. Um, just, 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 the, just seeing them was, was unreal. Where um, did you see them? Uh, now that's a band that I never got to see. Uh, they played here. So it was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those people that can lend themselves to being like, Oh, I was at the town pump show, uh, in 91, which like apparently all of Vancouver was at right um, for a, for a 300 person venue. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Where they were opening for like screaming trees. Um, so no, I, I didn't get to go to that. Never mind the fact that I was 15. Um, but I saw them. Um, so what happened was I remember on, uh, on Fox they announced the show and, uh, and we were like, okay, we got to get tickets. And that was one we did camp out for and, and we got tickets. Um, and it would have been, it was in early 94. So it was like January 3rd or 4th or something like that. And we camped out, we got our tickets. It was at the forum, PNE forum. Um, and like we're driving home or we're driving somewhere that same day and c fox is like second show added nirvana at the forum it was the day before we had tickets no nah. so they actually added the second show because of booking or the tour or whatever for the day prior and so we were like all those jerks are going to get to see them first and we camped out like it was the second was show would probably be better anyway like we were, we were so mad because we were just like, that's a ripoff. Like we, we put in all this effort, camped out. We're like freaking out that we could see Kurt and whatever. And, uh, and yeah, we <laughs> got to see the second show. It was still a, an unreal show though. Like he, he was, I mean, it was as good as you would expect. Yeah. You know? And then he was gone four months later. Wow. Right. Like that's, that's what was crazy about it was that they didn't play that many shows between no. when I saw them. And then when the band didn't exist anymore. Wow. Um, so that one really sticks out. Not, and again, not just because he's gone, but because it was such a rad show. Like it was a, it was a really, really good show. Mm -hmm. um, played with butthole surfers. Like it was good. Well, cool. 
Um, yeah, it was a really, really cool one. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the Lollapaloozas were great. Um, That's like mine. I, I mean, like, with the, the Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Ministry, Jesus and Mary Chain, like... Ice Cube. Ice Cube, <laughs> Ice Cube yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chili Peppers. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't get that. You can't... There's no way that that show would happen today. No. No, I don't think so. Well, especially... Well, especially Soundgarden. I mean, yeah. Well, and not in that genre, right? Like, that, that type of music just doesn't hit the way that it did 30 years ago. And no. so as a result, you're not going to get those bands together. Um, like, I mean, Lala, Lala 95, 95 was great for me because I like that was what the pumpkins and hole and no. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Um, you got your half right. Um, so uh, 94 was good. And I was really excited to see green day and, and pumpkins and beastie boys. Um, and who else was on that bill? Anyway, it doesn't, doesn't matter um l7 um but really 95 for me hit better because there were more bands that i liked so it was beck it was sonic youth it was hole it was jesus lizard um it was pavement and so like i mean i i liked a little more of the alternative rock so to speak yeah. the stuff that was a little more weird and out there and sonic youth are one of my favorites ever so really to see that show i went down and saw the opening night of the tour in uh, the gorge in George Washington, um, and then uh, and then drove back that night and went the <laughs> next day. Yeah, of course I did. And then the next day went and saw the show here at Thunderbird Stadium. So it was outstanding. Wow. And I actually got pretty pissed off because uh, Sinead O'Connor was great. She she actually put on a really good show. We didn't know what to expect because it's like you've got David Yao from Jesus Lizard coming out and being like the weirdest dude ever, and then here comes Sinead. She's like, hold like, my beer. Like sing, yeah, singing like beautiful folk songs, right? Like it was really kind of wild. Um, but is this is this after the burning uh, of the flag on SNL? Uh, oh, ripping the picture of the Pope. Oh, sorry, ripping the picture. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it must have been because I think that picture of the Pope came like when she was much more popular, right? Like I think that was like nothing compares to you time. Um, yeah. And this was like '95, which would have been three or four years later, I think. Um, so yeah, it would have been after that. In fact, yes, because she had hair and I, I don't even say that jokingly, but like she actually straight up had hair, um, and wasn't shaved Sinead at the time. So, so anyway, I got pissed off because she ended up leaving the tour like later that summer for whatever reason it was, I can't remember if it was health related or what, but she was replaced by Elastica <laughs> and course. Elastica was like one of my favorite bands and still is to this day, like ever. And so I was like. Okay, if I saw a show that was like Beck and Sonic Youth and Hole and Pavement, Mighty Mighty Boston's and Elastica, that would be like unreal. <laughs> so yeah, some of the and, and I mean I, I even Lollapalooza '96 because it was like Metallica and Ramones, like that was just a I mean Rancid, it was an unreal show. Yeah, I do remember when they announced that everybody was like Metallica, like what the hell? Because that was supposed to be the alternative tour. It was like right. not bands that you would expect, and like Metallica, that's what. What? Well, that's that that tour that year was in my mind like that's the that was the end of Lollapalooza as an alternative music festival. Yeah, like '95 was the last one, which means the tour itself, as as we remember it, in that in that like same in the same uh, what's the word in the same vein or in the same belief structure of alternative music that you that '91 show um, that's where it stopped. Like '95 was when it stopped. Um, and then in 96, and that's not to take anything away from Metallica because they were unreal. Um, yeah. But 
but that was that was a turning point i think in the festival like now, now Lollapalooza is not even close to what it used to be well now it's just a one-day thing or a weekend thing grant park in, in chicago it's a, a, a destination event as opposed to they travel and come to your city well and it'll be every genre under the sun right like but, um, at, at, like even down to pop music this this is a tough one brian most overrated band oh geez you're <laughs> killing me here um uh, ever um i i don't know if i can pick one um because there's bands that i really really like that people think are overrated <laughs> <laughs> like like i there's people that'd be like hole is completely overrated like there's no courtney is like not even close to as talented as anyone thinks she is um but i like i like it like even even the pumpkins performance here at lola 94 like it it gets like horrifically panned <laughs> like people are like they were terrible and and i'm like they were amazing like i thought the pumpkins were great mm. um like, did they sound like the record? No, but the Pumpkins aren't one of those bands that can sound like their record. Like they just don't. So I don't know, man. I don't know if I could pick um, because, well, and, and it's funny that you say this because one of the most, un, like, so my wife, she said that the Beatles are overrated. What? And, Come on. No, and you know what, though? Like, I love the Beatles. Like, they're one of my most favorite bands ever. But they they might be. And any of those bands might be. Elvis might be overrated. But that doesn't take away from their influence. And I know, like, I'm, this is, like, hot take. But, but the fact is, like, and I think the Beatles are one of the greatest bands ever. I really do. Um, but I also get the side where someone goes, yeah, you know what? They're not as great as some make them out to be and i'm uh, like yeah okay you could even argue zeppelin for that sabbath yeah. like you could you you well, really could argue all the huge huge bands maybe they are a bit overrated stones nirvana like all yeah, yeah. pearl jam like you could say that yeah hmm. um what do you, but i mean i don't know with the beatles i just look at their body of work in such a short period of time oh they crushed it like you don't but and nirvana is the same like you, yeah. you don't you don't do what they did in only five years or only six years and, and I mean, not they, be that. But you, you think about it, like what was the last band after Nirvana that made any sort of giant splash like they did? Like no other band since has done that. Where it basically kicked the teeth in of, of rock music. Changed the musical uh, landscape. Yeah, probably not. I can't think of anything. But here, so I'll ask you this, and I know you're the one doing the interviewing here, but what if what if they were still together? What if their legacy wasn't just 89 to 94? Because I wonder if maybe that influence would wane over time. And I think that that may have been why some people look at like the Stones or they look at um, you know, Zeppelin, because Plant Page were still doing like the unplugged and stuff like in the 90s. Like, I, I wonder about that. Like, if Kurt was still with us today and the band was still together, like Pearl Jam is, like, not not everything Pearl Jam puts out anymore is tan or versus or even vitality, uh, right? I mean, I that's interesting because I think that when those bands like that, when they release an album, they are they are looked at based on their best stuff 
like that's not a Pearl Jam 10. That's not Pearl Jam versus, but it also shouldn't be like, I think that any band that releases an album as good as a new Pearl Jam record or the new, I don't know, Rolling Stones Stones or whatever, any big band, you know, I think that any band would love to be able to release that album and, and it's good. It's just not as good as their best. So, so it's like Pearl Jam on their worst day is still better than however many other, than however many other, other bands on their best day. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I guess is where like that you come back to the overrated, right? Like even the weirdest, oddest Beatles stuff on their worst day is still better than a whole ton of other stuff. Right. Which is true. Right. Uh, so we, we we went through the list of like Brian does this, 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 this. When you find time, what do you what are you binging lately? Are you binging anything lately? Do you find time? You know what? I, I go back to all my old standards. Like I don't I don't ever binge watch anything new really um yeah i don't like i uh, i've i've rewatched dexter um oh, not even in great series though yeah for sure but and not even in anticipation of like the new one coming out in november like for me it's i really like it and and i will admit that when they announced the reboot of it i did watch that through again um because the pandemic afforded a little more time to do that um but I like before I watched that, I think I probably watched it two times before that. Um, just cause it's that good. And then same thing with the office. Like I've, I've binged every episode of the op- office. Probably I'm going through it now, probably my third time. The U S or the UK? No, the U S. Um, you watch the UK. I never have actually. Dude, come on. It's, no, I know. I know. It's, like, so like, good. it's amazing. Yeah, I know. Hmm. Um, um but probably Narcos. I always go back to that too. Oh yeah. Narcos was such a good, and, and like, didn't like, didn't one of the, was it like a field person where they're like scouting locations or something like that? Didn't they get killed while doing that? Yeah, Did you hear yeah, about, I heard that? about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I can't remember if it was the latest season or the upcoming season, but like the, like, cause that's the thing about when you talk about Escobar and you talk about, um, uh all all like even in in the because the latest episode or the latest uh season is narcos mexico and so even when you're talking about all of the cartels in guadalajara and in mazatlan and in tijuana um and all these cities they they still have tentacles like even in 2021 like they've got tentacles that are still involved in the drug trade and stuff like that so they still don't like the fact that they're portrayed and they talk they say it's fiction and whatever but there's still that thought that it's like no we don't want you you know talking about el chapo or we don't want you talking about whoever um and so i I believe it like i like i totally if they're like hey you're sniffing around to sort of make sure you've got this authentic scene in mexico or central america or south america or whatever for these cartels like they're they're gonna know that you're there without a doubt <laughs> like talk like, about a high risk job yeah yeah exactly like you want to be a location scout for the new season of narcos like no thing i don't know about that yeah no what's the worst job that you've had uh, <laughs> i worked one night in a grocery store one night <laughs> one shift and and they didn't pay you they didn't end up paying they you. didn't pay me no they, they well i made them pay me 
but they tried to get away with not paying me. Right. Um, and, and so what was funny, because when I applied for the job, like I was just, what was I doing? Uh, I had, I had quit my job at a pizza restaurant and I was like, I'm like, it took a few months off. I put together like a rock show in Maple Ridge, uh, an all ages show. And, uh, and then I was like, I should probably get a job. Like I should probably, and, and my mom was cool. Like I was living at home at the time and I was in my uh, early twenties and she was totally cool with it. Like no problem. And so I was like, but I should probably do something because I've been out of work now for three, four months or whatever. So luckily it wasn't my mom kicking me in the ass being like, right. go get a job. It was me being like, I should probably do something. So uh, I saw the ad in the paper and, and, uh, and it was for overnights and like the, the, the job started, I want to say at one or midnight or one or something like that till seven or eight in the morning. And uh, I know, I know those, those are rough hours. I know, but I was like, ah, eh, you know what? I've, I've got nothing else going on. I can sleep during the day. If I'm going to go to a gig, I can go to a gig and then go, go to work after that, like whatever. And so I went and when I went in for the interview, like I, I had my resume with me, like I'm prepared guy. And, uh, and there was like about, I don't know, 10 or 15 of us. And they interviewed us all like at the same time. And I'm like, well, how are you, how are you going to get a gauge? Like as someone who had been in management before and done hiring and done interviews and stuff, I was totally like, how are you going to know if I'm better than this person beside me or interviewing all at once? Like what the hell's going on here? This person across the table is better than me or whatever. And, uh, and then they were like, so you're all hired. And I was like, you don't want my resume? Like, um, cause again, this was before you're applying online for a gig. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, and then they're like, so which of you could start tonight? <laughs> oh my God. And I, and I was like, sure. I'm not doing anything. Like, yeah, why not? So, um, there, and there was about four, I think four of us that said, yeah, we can start tonight. No problem. And so that night I was like trying to get to sleep. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'll go to sleep at like eight sleep till like 11 or 12 and then get up and go to work. Um, yeah, I think it was two. I think I started at two and, uh, and I couldn't sleep. Like, I, like, I'm not going to sleep at eight o'clock, like, like 20, I'm like 22, 23 years old, like just not. Uh, and so anyway, I, I think I ended up dozing off like 11, slept for a couple hours, got up, drove to work and, uh, it was about a 15 minute drive. And, uh, yeah. And then I went there and I worked and no training, like literally no training. Um, and it was stocking shelves cause it was overnight. Right. So um they're like so can you move like this pallet of whatever it is over to here and i'm like i have no idea how to use a pallet jack like i don't i've never like i work in a restaurant i never used a pallet jack in my life um and so like i'm crashing the pallet jack into stuff not causing not causing damage but like i didn't realize like have you ever used a pallet jack yeah <laughs> yes i've used yeah. a pallet jack so so i'm like i didn't know that you're supposed to pull it like i didn't realize that if you push it it turns like this way so I'm pushing the stupid thing and it's like crashing into like whatever the, the shelves and stuff. So, and, and I'm getting frustrated because I'm like, well, they didn't train us. Like I didn't, they didn't say, Hey, do you know how to use a pallet jack? Cause I would have been like, no, show me. Right. Like, I'm not ready for this. Like what the hell? And it's like three in the morning. So anyway, um, I had filled out paperwork and stuff. And then I realized like, I'm like, this kind of sucks. Like, this is not, this is not what I want to do. Um, like even for a temporary thing. So uh, there was a manager person uh, who came and checked on us like after a couple hours and 
they were like, yeah, so what do you think? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, I still want to see. A couple hours later, I'm like, no, not for me. And then, and they were like, so what do you think? And I'm like, nope, not for me. And they were like, okay, well, you can just go home now then. And I'm like, well, no, like I, I'm the type of person, like if I'm there for the shift, I'm there for the shift, then I'm going to work and I'm going to do what I need to do, provided I know how. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, so no, I'll stick it out till, till the end. So like an hour left in the shift, they come up and they're like, so what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I already told you. Like, Still not. Yeah. I'm like, I already told you, like, I'm not down with this. Uh, and they were like, okay, so you should just go home. And I was like, I already told you like, no, I'm not going home now. Like there's an hour left. I'm going to finish the hour. So then at the end, they're like, so what do you think? And I'm like, I just told, I told you like twice now, (laughs) this job is not for me. Like how many, how much more clear can I get? Yeah. 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 Um, That's a hard pass. Yeah, totally. And then they were like, okay, so why don't we just call it even? And I'm like, Call what, what even? even? What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. Like I was like, what do you mean? Call what even? And uh, and they were like, well, we haven't processed your payroll paperwork yet with HR, so why don't we just call it even? And I was like, what? Like mean I don't get paid? And they were like, well, yeah, we haven't put the paperwork in. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not. No. I'm like, I didn't just work six hours in the middle of the night for nothing. Uh, for nothing, right? Yeah. And uh, and I, I still, to be honest, I can't remember if they ever actually did pay me. <laughs> but I was like. Like, I don't know if I ever got a check mailed to my house or whatever. That's awesome. That, that's the worst job I ever had because it was just like, there was no, like, there, like I just couldn't believe how like nonchalant they were in their hiring. I couldn't believe how zero training, like, it's just literally like sink or swim. Yeah, um, yeah. Even if I destroyed the place, like, right. I could have knocked a whole like freaking aisle over. Totally. Sorry like, about that. I had no yeah. idea how to use that. Yeah, like we've seen that meme where it's like all the cardboard boxes in the warehouse and it's like, what would you, this just happened, what would you tell your boss? That could have been me. Yeah. And like, I, they would have been like, what happened? I would have been like, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, the funny thing about that though, is that using that pallet jack actually benefited me in my next job, which is working at Toys R Us. And at Toys R Us, like they showed me a little bit because I was working in the back and unloading trucks and stuff. And, and they were like, here's how you use the pallet jack. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, this is great. And then I became like a master at using the pallet jack, riding them like a scooter and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but at that uh, grocery store, that was like the worst job for sure. I know that you, like me, you do most of the cooking in your house. Yeah. What's your, what's your best? What's your go-to? I don't, the best thing that I make. Oh man. Um, so I guess I should probably grab your kids for this one. Yeah, or or my wife. <laughs> or your um, wife, exactly. Uh, yeah, geez. I mean, I we really like. Oh, there's the dog. You know what? It might be homemade pizza. Ooh. Um, because it's a restaurant for nine years. Um, so you think I don't? But we make the dough fresh in the bread maker. And so as a result, it's like fresh dough straight up, like you would get at a pizzeria, no frozen dough crusts, like that kind of stuff. So I, uh, that's probably, that's probably my go-to, like in terms of like what I'm most proud of, which like I say is hilarious because I have the experience well, working, yeah, thankfully. <laughs> working in a pizza restaurant, um, you know, and we made dough on a much larger scale, but yeah, that, that's probably it. But cause it's, there's really labor intensive, like it takes like two hours to make it. Totally. Yeah. We, um, we do big, uh, like pierogi fests here at the house. Uh, 
everybody comes over and, you know, make the dough. Roll out the dough. The, and... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Just yeah, my mom used to do that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so probably that's probably it. We call it Weebza. We call it oh, Weebza. <laughs> okay, Kidding, yeah, right? yeah. I heard um, weed, weeds. Uh, no, 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 that's no. not that's not Brian. That's that's not me, Brian. No, um, I mean I I like making like I love making a stir fry. The other night I made a teriyaki chicken stir fry. Like that was I mean that's super easy. Yeah, not difficult for me to make, but it was I loved it. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, yeah. spaghetti and meatballs, same thing. Like it's all good. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll ask you a few more, and then we'll wrap it up here. That's all good. Um, have you ever bungee jumped, skydived? No. Would never. you? Um, like say if BCIT were like, okay, we're going to do a radio thing and we want the instructors to take the, you know, would you do something like that if they were uh, offered it? It's, it's easy to say without the piece of paper in front of me being like, would you do this? Uh, so, I mean, my, my, the short answer is yeah, probably. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think I might, I have done both in the past for right. radio stations. Right. And I probably would take the pass now. <laughs> well, okay. I, I'll put it this way. At my age, I'd probably take the pass. Right. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, maybe 20 years ago, no problem. But now, yeah, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, dude, 20, um, that, that's about it for me. Like, it was about 20 years ago. Right. Uh, right. In Victoria. And I was all about it at the time, like mid-20s. Yeah. I was like, fuck oh. yeah, let's go. I totally <laughs> want to do this. And now I'd be like, eh. I think I'll be down yeah. here having a beer. I'll be the encouraging guy at the bottom. You know, it's funny that you say that because for me, it wouldn't be, it's not a fear thing. Like, it's not that I'm, I would be afraid to do it. Right. But like, I mean, I hurt getting out of bed. Right. So <laughs> yes, like, exactly. You know, like I, so now that I think about it, like that's the only thing that would deter me from doing it. It's not that I'd be like, Oh, I don't want to. You might hurt uh, yourself. Yeah. Like I'd be worried that like, can't get yeah. up the next day. Like, and, and not even from like an accident. Just from because like, it wrenched my neck or yeah. like whatever. Um, like we've said it with our kids. Like if they ever want to do something like that, like and it's funny because my wife she's like, "You can do that if you want. Don't tell me till after. Like don't say, hey, mom, I'm gonna go skydiving,' or hey, mom, I'm gonna go bungee jump, bungee jumping. Come back and be like, hey, mom, I went skydiving and right. here I am. Right? Like that's totally different." So yeah, we said that with the kids, like, it's totally cool. If you want to go do it, but tell us after that you did and that you're alive and well and standing beside us instead of like, Hey, I'm going to go. Cause then we're like, Oh my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, who's the most famous person you've met? Oh, geez. <sighs> Cause I know you've met a ton of people like going to, you know, now Brian does a, the smart thing when he goes to concerts or at least he used to when he was younger, yeah. you go in the back and you'd kind of wait at the buses and shit and, and, and meet and get stuff signed and everything yeah. else. The like, smart I mean, way to do it. Who, who were some of the big, big, bigger names? I met BC boys. Nice. I met REM. Um, I met Sonic youth. Uh, I met Dave Grohl. Um, not at the Nirvana show, actually though. I had a Foo Fighters show. Okay. Um, Geez, who else? I, I mean, I did meet, I did end up meeting Elastica. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a, I've got a whole bunch of autographs. I remember I was going through a box and I was like, oh, I forgot I met them. Like, <laughs> I'm going through this box, I find the autograph and I'm like, oh yeah, Slater Kinney, I met them. I forgot I did. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you, I think I saw you posting something on Facebook a, did, maybe about a month or two back, where you're like, "Holy shit, this set list is awesome!" And it's like, <laughs> "What Sonic Youth set list? That's awesome." Yeah, I know. Well, and what's funny about that Sonic Youth set list that you're talking about is that it was when they opened Farium at the Coliseum. So the Coliseum isn't the type of place that is an easy place to get a set list. No. Right? Like you're far, like you're far from the stage because there's the barricades there. So I have no idea in my memory how I got that set list. Hmm. Like I, I probably asked security. I mean, I remember doing that at times because it would be during sets. And let's be honest, the Sonic Youth REM crowd isn't the most rowdy on the planet. And so <laughs> right. no. I, you know, never mind that's at the Coliseum, it's like road seating. Like it wasn't a it wasn't um, what do they call that? Um, festival seating wasn't festival seating. Um, and so, yeah, like it's a very good chance that I was like, Hey, can you get me that? And they were like, sure. Oh, probably. That's the only way I can think that I got it. But yeah. Like Slater Kinney was a perfect example of that. Cause I mean, I love that band and, and I found an old discorder, you know, like the CITR paper. Um, and they were on the cover and they had actually like doodled, like instead of just like, Hey, signing it, Corin Tucker, Carrie Brownstein, it was like they had doodled on it. So like on Corin, she drew like angel wings on herself. And it was like angel of death, Corin Tucker. Like it was hilarious. Nice. Didn't, so, didn't I mean, she do something there. with, um, how's the guy's name from SNL? Uh, Fred Armiston. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Portlandia. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. 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 Did Carrie, you see that? That was, that's pretty funny stuff. Oh, that show was hilarious. Yeah. Just hilarious. Like she's a riot. She's, yeah, she's, she's funny. Like Big Carrie's time. a fantastic um, actor. Um, and then, I mean, an unreal guitarist too. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably like Beasties is probably the most famous, although REM is REM. REM's um, big, man. You know, uh, they're, they're probably the most famous that I met, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Brian, last one. Tell us a near death story where you could have died. Uh, you know, the only, the only near death stories that I have, uh, all involve like being in the car, right? So driving like, treacherous like, BC highways in winter. Yeah. Like, I don't think, well, no, not only just that, but also driving after a show when I'm like dead, exhausted, tired. Right. So like, I, I, I can't think of something specific, but I know there have been instances where I'm driving home and it's like, you know, or it's like the other side and it's like, there's cars coming. Like that's the only thing I can think of where, where I actually ever thought like, I better like snap out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I Window goes down a little bit, slap in the face. Yeah. 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 Crank the radio like that. That's the kind of, so I don't have any like specific where it was like, Oh, we almost drove off a cliff or, you know, anything like that. Um, but yeah, there were definitely like you talk about the highways, like there were definitely some times where I was like, my car's not going to stop. Like we would skid and I'm like, wherever it lands, it lands. Um, and I, and I'm not saying like, oh, Hey, it, it might like, no, it actually did skid. And I was just trying to straighten out, trying to not hit the barricade, trying to not hit the mountain on this side. Um, but I never did. So that's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's as near death as I would have been. Um, I would say if you, but yeah, man, that's death. It's but looking at it, 
anyway, well, it's close. It, it also very well could have just been like, oh, a dent in the passenger door. So, like, I, <laughs> right. I don't know how close to death it was, but uh, there were some white knuckle times. Definitely driving to when my wife worked in the Kootenays, um, you know, and I'd be driving six hours to to go visit her uh, over the Okanagan Connector, over uh, the Paulson Summit between Grand Forks and Castlegar. Like, that's that's not fun to drive in the winter. That's, no, 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 no. And I mean, like, I'd be traversing. Like however, like however many mountain passes there were, right? Like it would be from from the interior, and then it's like over one mountain, and then it's like oh we're in a valley, then over another mountain. Like that's just the way it is driving driving that way. Things you do for love. Yeah, man, it was worth it. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> awesome. All right, Brian, let's wrap it up here. Thank you again for uh, for jumping on. You're easy to find on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, Brian underscore Weeb, W-I-E-B-E, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is just your name. Well, Twitter, Twitter is the most active where I'm, where I'm at. Instagram, I don't think I've posted anything in over a year. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's not really much there to see. Yeah. Um, but, but Twitter for sure. And of course, BCHL Network, like all the other places where, where you can get my stuff. So like, if, if you're into tennis, Audlin Brown Van Open, we're at vanopen.com, bcsuperweek.ca, of course, bcit.ca slash radio um that's where you can find us there and uh and of course evolution 1079 that stuff's awesome cool all right bud we'll see you online all right you got it todd the toddcast podcast on toddhancock.ca 